You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 134 of Teach Better Talk. My name is Ray Hewart, and as always, I am with my snarky friend, Jeff Cargis. <laughs> snarky, huh? You are being snarky today. I'm just saying. I'm baby just snarky, saying. Da, 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 baby snarky. Da, 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 da. No, no that's is that not? not that shark. We Duh. could do very snarky. Da, 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 da. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, you thanks. You write a song, Jeff. You should write a song. Uh, I'm pretty sure I just did. <laughs> but and you should like public put it on Spotify. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a hit. Um anyway. <laughs> that's and and me thinking that that's gonna be a hit is why I don't write songs anymore. Uh, yeah, that's the moment where like in the podcast it goes wah wah wah. <laughs> 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 oh, I love it. Great stuff. This is a great start to the very first podcast of 2020. Um, this is setting up. If you're listening, this is what you can expect for the rest of this year. Anyway, hi, Ray. Hey, how are you? So, I mean, obviously, you know, if you're listening, you know, we're recording this before the start of 2020, but this is coming out the very first one for 2020, episode 134. Pretty awesome. So, like, we're just, uh, you know, a couple weeks out from that right now as we're recording. And so, you know, looking at, you know, the coming into the new year, getting done with with holiday break, trying to set up. You you know, you've done some reflection, hopefully some relaxing. You're ready to go again. People are setting goals right now. They're trying to lay out what the rest what 2020 is going to look like for them. So, um, I think you know we were talking. One of the things we want to talk about right now is just sort of like some tips on maybe how we set goals and things to think about when you're laying those out. So, um. I don't know, Ray, do you have like specific ways that you lay out sort of what your year is going to look like? Well, I think I want to preface like Jeff Gargas is the king of if you want to set a goal, don't wait till the new year. Yeah. So <laughs> I think it's great that you want to talk about this topic because you're meeting people where they're at. This is the time when normal people set goals and then normal people break them in about two weeks. <laughs> and um I just think that this idea of starting fresh, especially in, I feel like I'm not trying to, I'm knocking on wood right now because I feel like 2020 is going to be a lucky year. Like, I think this is the year that we're going to make things happen. And I'm not talking to you, Jeff. I mean, we, like everyone listening, like let's make 2020 fabulous. And so setting goals for me when I'm trying to make a change that either is going to be um, difficult for me, or it's going to test me in ways that I'm not used to being tested. Um, I need to set it up as a part of my routine. Like I really believe hope's not a strategy. So what is the like tactical ways that you are going to incorporate this dream, this goal, this idea into your everyday life? And um, it, I mean, to be honest with everybody that's listening, I feel like Jeff Gargas is the king of setting a goal and meeting it. And I am the the joker of it because I don't think <laughs> I do. But Jeff, you've set so many goals in our friendship that like it like floors me how you set an intention and you stick with it. And I really want you to share with us like how in the world do you do that? Because 
if I even put it in my routine, that still doesn't ensure that I won't in a month or two months, like let it fall to the wayside. Yeah. So I think you need to, I think a big piece of like when you set in routine is, and I, and I don't, I don't know specifically, but like a big thing about trying to set something that's going to be in routine. This is why I don't like the wait into the new year is, is if you are looking at trying to embed it in your routine and you're waiting to it, you're actually already, you're, you've got it in your mind. It's fresh. It's something you want to do. And you're, you're going to let your routine not include it from now till whenever that day is. And that's why it's not going to work typically. Or why a lot of people don't even start it, right? So, you know, last year when I, I was on my way home from vacation in, in last August of 2018, and I told my wife, I said, you know, when we get home, I'm getting up early and I'm going to start working out every day. And that was a Saturday. We were, it was a 10-hour trip home that included a boat and a car and unpacking and repacking and crossing the, the border from Canada back home and stuff. And I told him like, I have to get up tomorrow. If I wait till Monday, it will not happen. And so that's a big piece. I think that's why I don't like the, the waiting for the new year's. And it's more, I don't like the new year's resolution stuff because it's like, Oh, it's my new year resolution. Like, no, it's a goal. So treat it like a goal, like do it the right way. Be smart about it. Like actually use, you know, I, I'm not, I, I like it, Some people think it's cliche, but I, I do really like, I mean, it's a simple thing, you know, using smart goals, S M A R T, you know, so specific or S is, is a specific goal. So be very specific about it. You can also, some people call that like simple or significant or sensible or whatever, but specific and then measurable. So something that you can actually measure, like how am I going to measure how my success is going and then achievable um, or attainable. So something actually realistic. So I think that's another problem with like why I don't like some of the new year's resolution stuff. Cause usually they, they're not realistic. They're just, you, you got to be smart about it, like which is a play on words. And then R is – what's that? Nothing. I was just laughing at your bad joke. <laughs> and then R, so some people use use R. Like some people will call it re- uh, relevant or reasonable, realistic. Mine, I, I like calling it results-based, so you're looking at that. But I think also relevant and reasonable makes a lot of sense because it has to connect to something that makes sense. And then your T is your your – time bound time based so you're setting a goal you're setting an actual time to it and then i actually like some people uh, are actually like will actually add an er make it smarter like smarter goals and the er is is for evaluated and reviewed which i think is really important and i actually will sometimes flip review to reflection so you evaluate your goal your your results and then you reflect on it and i think that's the key to continue going actually so i think the biggest thing though like is is the being realistic about what you're setting and then figure, like you like you talked about like really walking through like how am i actually going to make this embed into my into my routine and and do it and then the most important thing is to start as soon as possible not later and that's why i don't like the resolution thing i really also don't like the the lucky thing i'm not a fan of the word luck i don't like it uh, like when you said 2020 is going to be lucky i don't think it's going to be lucky i think it's going to be an awesome year because of hard work dedication and and tenacity. Um, so I think, you know, just setting those goals, is, it's really just about being smart about it. Um, and, and I mean that in the sense of like actually being smart about it, but also following the, the acronym as well and, and actually planning out, like just saying, I'm going to lose weight in 2020 isn't a good goal, but saying I'm going to lose two pounds a month in 2020 or for the first six months. And then I'm going to try to do more, or I'm going to get to the gym two times a week 
And then you can reassess that after a couple months now. Okay, this isn't part of my routine. I go to the gym twice a week. I never miss. Now I'm going to start going three times a week. And you go from there. And that's how you build up. I think too many people try to try to go, oh, it's, it's 2020. I'm losing 150 pounds this year. You know, like, and that's just not going to happen um, without like something crazy going on. So just being smart about it, being realistic about it, and then focusing on it is my thing. Now, it also helps if you have a Ray on your team that you can just make do Yeah, that's true. He was talking me around. <laughs> so I want to talk about a goal that you had set for yourself, an intention that you had set for yourself. I think it was in episode oh, 105. And I think, and this is memory, I have not looked this up. Listeners are going to call me out. But I think in episode 105, you said that in episode like 143 or 142, you'd be doing the whole episode in Spanish. Pretty sure you said you would do that. Now, this episode <laughs> has a lot of French in it, but I don't feel like French and Spanish are the same. So I don't want to confuse our listeners. Jeff, you have still not met your goal, but you have a few more episodes to go. I, I want you to go back and listen to episode 105 because you also are going to be uh, set that goal me. too. Because it was actually you that said I really want, that you really wanted to use Spanish, and then I agreed to learn it with you, and we were going to do the episode in Spanish. I don't think I we're learned doing very French well today. That. You did learn French today, so um, to sidestep my miss of that goal, and I need to, I, I really do want to. I, I, I used to know quote unquote some Spanish, quote unquote okay ish. Uh, I'd really love to be able to speak another language more. So I, I really need to make that happen. And I didn't. So shame on me. I speak a little Hebrew. Ha. You do. And we talked about that. Yeah, yeah you are. Well, you're just better. I'm glad, it, I'm glad you admitted um, it to everybody. Our, <laughs> our, our guest today spe- speaks awesome um, yeah. French. Um, as she teaches in French and, and also does her podcast, um, some episodes in English, some, some in French. So we have some fun with that during the, uh, during the episode here. So let's, let's talk about that really quick. So, uh, our guest today is Sarah Lalonde and she is up in on Eastern Ontario, Canada. Uh, she's in a, she's a high school teacher in a French Catholic school board, uh, bilingual, she teaches ninth and 10th grade students. She does English, science, and geography. So some really cool still stuff there. Uh, she is in her second year of teaching. She hosts a podcast um, that I, I will let her share more about and during the episode. And I really love why she started it and why she's continuing it and how it's sort of evolved. I thought that was really cool. Um, so we have her talk about that. She covers a really cool project that she and her students are working on that I thought was really awesome. Um, and I think she ended our podcast in one of the coolest ways ever. Totally true. My favorite ending we've had thus far. So with that, Ray, I think we just jump right in episode 134 with Sarah Malone. Hey, what's up? It's Jeff. Don't worry. We're going to get right back to the episode, but I really want to check out and make sure that you are connected with us on social media. Ray and I and the entire Teach Better team want to connect with you. We want to hear your stories. We want to be a part of your journey. We want to be there to support you in any way we can, and we want to learn and grow with you. So please connect with us. Everything we have is at Teach Better Team. And then, of course, make sure you connect with me at Jeff Gargas and Ray at Ray Hewitt. Let's get back to the episode. All right, we're here and we're chatting with Sarah Lalone and Sarah, super, super excited to have you on here. You and I connected a long while ago and we chatted once or twice. Um, we actually did a video hangout, I think, and 
We're like, guy, I'm like, I gotta get you on the podcast. And it just took us a while. And we're finally here. We got you. We're super excited. Ray's been stalking you. Like, we're ready to go. Um, before we d- get diving too deep in there, I just want to ask you, how are you feeling right now? Jeff, ça va super bien ce soir. Je suis tellement, tellement contente d'être en conversation avec vous. Oh my God, I love French. <laughs> Did you catch all of that, right? I don't speak French, but I enjoyed every moment of it. <laughs> so so, so we're going <laughs> to give the listeners a second to reset. For anyone who doesn't speak French, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm a French and English teacher, so yes. I can translate that. Um, I'm doing very well. Um, I'm really excited to be chatting with you guys tonight. Uh, I've been looking forward to this pretty much all day. Us too. I was so excited to chat with you because, like Jeff accurately depicted, I have stalked you for quite some time, and I am a fan. And I am so excited for you to share your story and your insight with our network. Plus, I mean, hello. Starting off with the French, I'm already like completely pulled into this podcast recording. (laughs) So Sarah, I want to take a minute and have our listeners learn all about you because I I know that while many will continue to stalk you like I did, I do always want our listeners to kind of, or I'm sorry, our guests to kind of share what they do in education. So how do you typically answer the question of what do you do? Hmm. Well, in short, I am a high school teacher in a French Catholic school board in a bilingual rural community in eastern Ontario, up here in Canada. Um, We're about one hour away from Ottawa, our capital. And I teach a really small class of spec ed students, grade nine and 10. And right now, this semester, I'm teaching them English, science, and geography. So... On a day-to-day basis, my my every day is that, and my evenings look a lot of uh, podcasting as well, a lot of Twitter, and uh, yeah, just networking. That's awesome. I want to I want to sidestep right away and talk about your podcast real quick. So, can you kind of give us the rundown of uh, what's the podcast about? Why did you start it? Um, and what could we expect if we listen to it? Mm-hmm. This is like one of my favorite questions because my podcast is something you know, like you guys who, and I think only people who have podcasts can appreciate this question. Having a podcast becomes like another extension of us, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. And I started my podcast when I was a second year teacher candidate at the Faculty of Education um, here up in Ottawa. Um, So if you want to become a teacher in Canada, you go get a two-year bachelor's degree in education. And while I was getting my education on becoming a teacher, I felt way more curious than the average, uh, you can say, teacher candidate. And so I, uh, I started a podcast where I would interview, you know, my PLN members that I had connected with on Twitter and ask them questions, anything from experiential learning to, uh, you know, how to do project-based learning, what is inquiry-based learning, all these like little buzzwords that I was seeing on Twitter that I wasn't necessarily getting taught like explicitly in in teacher's college. Um, I just started kind of like self- I don't know, like self-professional development, self-directed professional development. And so when you listen to the podcast, it's basically just me asking a ton of really probably interesting questions, um, always kind of keeping in mind, especially in my first and second season, like what teacher candidates would be asking themselves. And now that I am in my second year teaching, 
Um, it's more what, you know, first year teachers, second year teachers would be asking themselves. So, yeah. I love that. I love your reason for starting it. You know, we, we talk all the time. Ray says it all the time about how this being co-hosting this podcast is like the best professional development she's ever cool. been to. And it's just continuous. Like we get that every, and it's awesome. Like we're, it's such a cool thing because you get to build these relationships. It's a unique kind of cool thing. You get to highlight voices and, and shout out people and, and show off how awesome people are. But you also, you get to learn every time, like you spot on there. So I love it. I love the perspective that your, your show comes from. So thank you. Very cool. And the, the title of it is. <laughs> it's called, Yeah. I haven't even said the title of it yet. <laughs> I'm not very good at plugging my own podcast. See, and that's <laughs> an, the other thing too. I do it so much for myself and my own learning that it's not like a, a publicity thing, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. putting it out to hear, like to see the, the views go up or, you know, the listens. Um, so in times like this, I wouldn't even think about saying the name of it. It's actually <laughs> called Ke Sara Sara. So it's uh, like, what will be of Sarah? That's like the translation of it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that's just kind of like the lens that I took in my first and second season, kind of becoming, you know, the teacher that I want to be, what will be of me. And it's it's a bilingual podcast or a French and English episodes. Got it. Love it. And, uh, well, you know, we'll obviously make sure we have links for that in the show notes and stuff like that. So so let's let's talk, uh, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about failure on this podcast. I talk, I, I, I always say that, you know, I'm very fortunate to have failed as, as often as I have in my life um, because it's created turned me into who I am today. I don't always enjoy the failures when they happen, but I've developed the uh, 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 a, an appreciation for being able to reflect back and learn and grow from that. So we like to talk about that here. So can you kind of take us with you into a story, a time in your life that you've had a failure, kind of take us there with you, what happened, how did you overcome that, and then what did you take away from that experience? Hmm. When I was thinking about you know, failure as a teacher candidate um, and going into my first year teaching, I was like, I just need to avoid failure at all costs. I just want to get through the year alive, essentially (laughs) fail the least as possible because that's just my perfectionist kind of mindset. And it took a lot of unlearning, I think, to start like accepting the failures that I, that I was living and kind of embracing them with, with open arms. But one of the biggest failures that I lived most particularly last year in my first year teaching was the month of November. I don't know if it's like this in the States, but in Canada, the month of November in a school is like hectic. It is stressful. It is report card season. Um, I was just trying to like stay afloat I think as like most first year teachers would be, um, I hadn't managed my time well, September, October, November rolled around. I'm tired. I'm overloaded. I'm sick because it's like cold and flu season naturally. And I just look back on that month as a failure from the first to, you know, the 30th because I was not the best version like of myself. I was very short. I was unprepared. I was unpleasant for for students to be around <laughs> for the entire month. And like, oh, it just makes my heart hurt thinking about it. Um, so that was probably like the biggest failure for me because like I wasn't who I could have been for them. And that like really kind of hurts my heart, you know. Um, and so I basically overcame it by asking for help, which is something that I have a hard time doing, um, taking time for me, self-care, which I have a hard time doing, um, and then just remembering 
like why I was in class in those moments of feeling like frustrated and, and, and sick and tired of like all the things that I had to do. So yeah, it was a, it was a process. I'm still learning. I, I made it through this November better than last one. <laughs> so I would say it's progress. Well, that's good. That's, that's what we love to do. I right? just be a little bit better each time. So that's awesome. Um, so the, yeah. the, the podcast, was that a part of that asking for help doing that? Or was that actually like an additional stress at the time? Did the podcast stay, stay consistent, stay on? Like, were you still doing that during that time? Was it a, 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 a I guess a hinder a or question. a positive in that, that situation? I'm curious. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. I think I needed to step back from the podcast for a short time just to be able to kind of catch up on what I needed mm-hmm. to do. But I also needed to use the podcast like I all like I usually do as that kind of like a tool that helped me keep that flame going yeah. inside of me. I think it's through conversations like the one that we're having now and you know the 96 others that I've had on my podcast that bring me back to that why and like getting that energy from from like you guys, the people that I'm talking to, it just helps me, I find like really keep up the the good vibes. Very cool. Gotcha. Okay, so now let's um let's flip that around now. Let's talk about a successful moment you've had. And this can be something big or something small, but tell us what happened. Why was it a success for you? And then what'd you take away from that? Biggest success. Um, I would say honestly, just this I know we're talking about the podcast a lot, but like this third season of my podcast, I really took it like to the next level. So year one and year two, um, I was just kind of like, not for fun, but I was doing it one for learning, two for, you know, keeping my professional development up. But this year I really like took to more like branding myself, being more consistent in my episodes um, and just looking to create content, um, like going from listening to a lot of content, which I do, to like contributing really good content to like the the edu world you know um so i'm really proud of that and that's again hard to say like coming out of my own mouth um so anyways that's like one thing and then a little success closer to home right now um like i said i teach a small group of of students and i've just felt like i've started deeply deeply connecting with them it's a second year that i that I teach them. So I taught them last year and I have them this year. Um, and I'm just really proud of the way that they can speak to me and ask me questions and the way that I'm able to like reach them and the the whole sense of community that I get to live every day with, with my students. It's, it's really rich and it's really powerful. And it, it's like that why that brings me to school every day. I think that's the best when you're able to get that group of students that you've built strong enough relationships with that you're actually able to reach them the way they need to be reached in that moment to master the content. I mean, that moment, I think every teacher listening is like, oh, when you hit that sweet spot, it's like the best. Yeah. It took me like a year and well, three months to get there, you know? Wow. Sure. Yeah. Just goes to show, you know, (laughs) and that's hard work. A ton of hard work and and it's ever growing, right? Even if at some point you hit a great relationship with a student, you need to continue to foster that and, and build it up. So um, I love that that's a success because I think that's a success 
for not only you, but, but a ton of teachers can relate to that. That's so important. Thank you. Thanks. So what is keeping you excited? I mean, geez, between all the content you're pushing out for educators, the podcast, um, your kind of like dedication to your students, what do you feel like is really fueling your fire and, you know, what's keeping you excited about what you're doing? Well, a lot of it is the continuous connections that I keep having and the new conversations that are being brought up like through Twitter and through these podcasts. Um, like I said, I think, and you guys, I, I'm sure get this too, when you're, when you're speaking with other educators who are doing really cool stinking things in their classroom, like how can you not feel inspired to go and continue, you know, working in your own classroom? Um, I don't know. It's just like, I love that feeling of community, like within educators, no matter like where we are in the world. Um, I was just speaking with Tanya Gilchrist and she's like way over in Albania and just speaking with her and hearing what she does. I'm like, you're way over there. And I just like feel so connected with you as an educator. And um, so that's like one of the things. And then again, closer to home, what's fueling me with my students right now is this incredible project that we've started. Um, it's an eco-friendly thrift store. Uh, like I said, I teach them science and geography and we've been looking at how to reduce our, our um, in French we call it our empreinte écologique. It is our ecological footprint. Sorry, had to translate that one on the spot. There. I love it. <laughs> you see what, what's happening in my brain. <laughs> um, and our thrift store in our school is called Durziem Vag, which is actually called, it, it means um, like second wave. So it's like the second wave thrift store and we've integrated it into our courses. Um, and my students have been really able to like thrive because allowing them to choose different tasks, whether it be, you know, like doing the marketing or organizing the clothes or cleaning the clothes or hanging the clothes or doing the promotion or, you know, making the schedules. Um, I've been able to reach them with their strengths and allow them to develop new skills uh, and just coming in every day and not doing obviously the old traditional teaching, uh, having my students have an authentic audience, which is you know, the peers of their school, doing this project-based learning, teaching them just tons, first of all, what an entrepreneur is and, you know, all the different entrepreneurial skills that they might need in the future, um, along with all the kind of like eco values and uh, kind of like teaching them also how to reduce their own ecological footprint because we, we receive clothes um, from the community. We put them up in, in the thrift store. The students decide what should and should not go in. And then we educate the students who come and shop at our store at lunch um, about, you know, reducing their consumption of, of new clothes and kind of taking away that stigma of, of going to shop at a thrift store. And, you know, why do we always have to buy new if we have really almost brand new clothes that are quote unquote secondhand that could be worn and, and, you know, it doesn't make a difference. Right. So. Wow. I think that's such an incredible concept. I don't know anyone that's doing that right now. Have you connected with other educators that have helped you with this? Or are you guys kind of building the pathway for other schools to take this on? 
there are actually two schools right now in my in my board that already have this in store, like in their own high schools. So I've been connecting with them uh, via email and some a couple Google Hangouts to to see what worked best for them. But we're we're definitely taking our own spin on it. So. Um, if anyone here is listening and wants to go check out our Instagram, um, the Instagram is at Durziem and I'll, I'll spell it out <laughs> for all of our listeners. So D-E-U-X-I-E-M-E period vag. So V-A-G-U and then it's a double E at the end. So Durziem dot vag double E at the oh, end. Oh yeah. So just like it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So students created the logos. They run the Instagram. They do like, I don't know if you guys know what TikToks, what TikToks are, but TikToks are big mm-hmm. to do promo. I'm like, you guys go. <laughs> I've never seen them more engaged. Yeah. It's incredible. Awesome. I That's love really cool. that. Thanks. So what piece of advice would you offer, you know, whether it be a new teacher or a veteran teacher, you know, with all these elements that you've been able to kind of work with in the realm of education, whether it be the things that you're doing with your students or geez, the podcast or just the content you're pushing out, what advice are you finding most teachers need um, to really continue on, you know, in that progressive mindset? Um, I think the biggest one, and I don't know, you guys can decide how cliche this is, but it's basically <laughs> how how I live. Um, it's just to take risks. Like it's scary in your first, in your second, in your third year teaching because you're new, you're trying to figure it out. Like I said, you're trying to stay afloat. You just want to stay in your comfort zone because that's what you know and that's what's going to, you know, hopefully get you through. So in times where it's hard and we don't feel like stepping out of our comfort zone because we're, we already feel um, overwhelmed and maybe embarrassed by asking questions or, you know, not sure what to do and, and whatever situation it may be, um, because it happens a lot when you're, again, just figuring it out day by day. Um, it's to kind of like go with your gut and and take risks and continue looking like with this whole, you know, PLN and self-directed professional development, like you get to learn so much and you see really cool things happening online or you hear about them on podcasts and you're like, man, I wish I could do that. You know, oh, that'd be really cool. I think my students would really like that. And then my question is always like, well, why, why not do it? Why not try it out? Oh, well, I wouldn't be able to, you know, I'm just, just starting, you know, so-and-so told me to do it this way and I could never, well, no, why not? Like take the risk, take the jump. Um, when I was a teacher candidate, do you guys know what an Ignite is? Yeah. You guys did Ignites. Yeah. We know what those are for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I was a teacher candidate, I gave my first Ignite in front of 500 people and it was it was just called Jump. And it was all about um, taking risks. And so as a teacher candidate, I went and stood up in front of 500 educators and was like, hey, you guys should take the jump at trying something new. Look at me. I'm doing it with my podcast. So I don't know how I've embraced that kind of like I don't know, philosophy, but that's just kind of who I've become. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> it's scary at times, but I yeah, think- it's a, it's a, it's a scary that's, I, I think, you know, it's sort of, um, that's what I'm looking for. It's a, it's a, an exciting scary, or at least it should be yeah. right. Cause you're, you're trying these new things out. So that's awesome. Um, great advice there. So let's have a little bit of fun now. We're going to do the next six questions, and your goal is to answer each one in 15 seconds or less. You ready to go? 
I think I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> what is one ed tech tool you cannot live without? Canva, 100%. Ooh, I love Canva. Canva's my life. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> What's, uh, give us a book you're reading right now. Relentless by Hamish Brewer. Yeah, Almost we love done. Hamish. Almost done. Awesome. Uh, who do we need to follow on Twitter or Instagram today? Okay, so I have two Canadians and an American. Um, the first one is Derek Rodenizer. The second one is Noah Daniel. Her Twitter is at Noah's Bobs. And the last one is D. Lanier, who was on my podcast recently. Awesome. What's a good YouTube channel or website for educators? Recently, because I've been teaching uh, science, which is a whole new subject for me, um, a YouTube channel I found is called The Explained Show where they explain like just everyday really cool science things. So you science teachers out there, I got you. Is that uh, is that connected? Because there's a Netflix series called Explain. Is that the same thing or is that something different? Oh, I don't know. I'm a teacher. I'm probably one of the only teachers that don't have Netflix. So oh, the, yeah, I'll be interested in digging into whether that's a, another thing or if that's connected in any way. But okay, really cool. Sorry. I have to say, I just subscribed to it and I'm totally going to incorporate it in my advisory lesson tomorrow. <laughs> it's a good suggestion. I cannot wait. Okay. Loving it. All right. Uh, give us a daily, weekly, or monthly routine every teacher should get into. Um, tweet weekly about a, success, a successful practice in your class. Um, Love it. In order to like create portfolios and inspire others and like give value to your students, you know. You want to show them that you tweeted out their work and stuff like that. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, give us the best piece of advice you've ever received. So I don't know where I heard this, but it's it's always stuck with me. Um, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. So when people ask <laughs> you to do a project, I, it probably comes from someone. This is my mantra. Yeah. I love Maybe it. I heard it from you, Ray, on your, on your Twitter somewhere, but... I seen it and I was like, man, I need to live by that rule. Yes. No, I, I cannot take credit. I have to tell you, I'm sure there's been many wonderful people that have said it, but Rachel Hollis is the one I took it from. <laughs> and I think about it all of the time. I love that you just said that. 100%. Well, so I actually have a slightly flipped version of that. Mine is if it's a hell no, it's a yes. And that's why I'm co-host with Ray. Oh, stop oh, it. Man, no. that was a good one. Did you feel that? Did you feel that burn? Are you on fire right now, Ray? Because that was No, awesome. everyone was so amped up. They were like, oh, wow, I'm so inspired. And then you broke that. I just want you to know. Well, oh. you know, that's what I do. Sarah takes us way up for like just, yes. And then Jeff just drags us down with negativity. Oh, such a negative person. Negative Nancy. I'm sorry. I just, to both think, I just want to go back. Sarah, that is such a good... <laughs> Piece of advice. Hold up. For real though, for new teachers, like that is, mm -hmm. or for any educator who like takes on too much, if you adopted this mentality of like, if it didn't entice you, if you weren't incredibly overjoyed to be like, hell yeah, I want to do that. Then how much better would you have a balance where your calendar would be full of things that you're actually passionate about, not things you felt obligated to do, right? Yeah. yeah. And no, so I know I was joking, but that's actually, yeah, that is really good advice. And, and for life, honestly, like in my opinion, like if, if teaching for you every morning, like if you're not pumped and it's not a hell yes career for you, you should probably do something else. If you're doing a job anywhere and you're not hell yes about it, absolutely. Like, it, and it goes into, you could take that to a, a, a very like micro level or macro level of your life. And so mm -hmm. I know I, w I made a joke cause that's what I do, but mm -hmm. seriously, great advice. So. And holding your no is important. Like if you say no, 
keeping the no a no. <laughs> not that's tough. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> that's you know I can promo if it's not a hell yes, it's a no all day every day. But it's holding that no when people are like, but you know we think we you'd be really really good and you know sleep on it and let me know tomorrow. Then it's like, God, I have to say no twice. Like it's already hard saying no once. (laughs) The best way to respond to that is to just like out of appreciation, like, oh, I so appreciate that you feel like I'd be good for that. That's the nicest compliment, (laughs) but still no. All right. Well, Sarah, I have the most important question of the evening because I want to make sure that this is just the beginning of the endless conversations our listeners are going to continue to have with you in listening to all of your expertise, uh, would you mind kind of sharing how people can stay connected? Yeah. So I think like probably most of your guests, the best way is by Twitter. Um, my Twitter handle is at Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, Lalonde, L-A-L-O-N-D-E-E, double E at the end. I think that's like a, a thing that I do. <laughs> Double E for the Instagram, double E for my Twitter. Um, and so the website, I also have a website blog. It's Sarah, S A R A H, Ann, A N N E, Lalonde, L A L O N E D E dot com. And you can also find my podcast on SoundCloud or anywhere you probably listen to podcasts. So it's called Que Sara Sara. So Q U E S E R A and then S A R A H question mark. That's my podcast. Love it. And you know, you can find all the resources, all the links, everything we talked about in this episode over at teachbetter.com, as well as the really important links for connecting with Sarah and getting to the podcast and, and everything like that. So we'll have that all over in the show notes for you. So make sure you head over to teachbetter.com for that. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And if you give us a rating and review, we'd really, really appreciate that as well. And let's keep taking this one step further. Thank you just three of your colleagues who need to hear these amazing stories. And please share this podcast with them. Sarah, this was awesome. Uh, so Thanks happy so to get you on. So excited to continue to watch the podcast, bring so much value to people. Um, and you kicked this off with some French. This was just an awesome episode. So thanks for coming on. Thanks for having some fun with us. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Merci. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She threw it in at the end, too. All right. Until, oh, you know what? Let's do, can we do something? Yeah. I'm going to have some fun. So typically my line that I take us out with, right, is until next time, let's get out there and teach better. Mm. Can we do that in French? Yeah. Can you tell me the line again? Until next time, let's get out there and teach better. Okay. Donc, jusqu'à la prochaine fois, sortons dans nos salles de classe et enseignons à notre meilleur. That was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that was my favorite outro ever.